Hey everybody, this is JR Bell with I Got Your Six Podcast. And in this episode of I Got Your Six Podcast, we're going to be dealing in more of the crime and corruption. But this time, we're going to talk about the ultimate crime of the century. We know that most crime is committed by a lot of the people were committed by white collar crimes. And there's black collar crimes and blue collar crimes and yellow collar crimes. I mean, it doesn't matter what color it is. A crime's a crime. But this crime is a crime that you didn't even know that happened, but it happened under your nose. And not a people didn't even know it existed. And I'm about to break open the can of worms and let you know in a little secret. You're going to find out. Okay? Seriously, you're definitely going to find out. Because we're going to talk about it. First, it's moto time. Hey, remember this. Rich people, poor people. Poor people act rich. The rich people act poor. Think about that when it comes to tax time. Just pay your bills. Don't rob Peter to pay Paul. And remember, like my daddy always says, never quit your day job while conquering the world. Just don't do that. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't quit your day job because you're going to need that job because you got to have something to fall back on. Also, remember, time is money. Money is time. Wasting time, you're wasting my money. Don't waste my money. Don't waste my time. Seriously, don't do that. That's how life is, all right? Now, let's begin. We're going to start talking about something right now. Like I said, when I said about the crime of the century, I'm going to tell you what the crime of the century is. Listen carefully. You can look at, listen carefully. Do you know in the Bible, we look at the Bible. Do you know the Bible is not actually the Bible that we actually read? The crime is that King James was a noble king who beheaded anyone who went against his rule. And there were certain scriptures in the Bible that he had taken out. The reason being is because he felt that those scriptures did not belong in the Bible. He said, I wanted those things out of the Bible and he had them taken out. He was like, no, nah, I don't want this in the Bible. So he had that taken out. No, nah, I don't want this in the Bible. Take it out. Oh, keep that, but take this out. So the actual Bible we're reading is actually a, a compilation of stories that were printed by, compilated by a bunch of scholars. They weren't printed for our, they were printed so that we can have it. And they were actually printed based off of the Greek um, Bible, the Latin and Greek. Latin and Greek, it was because the original Bible was written in Latin and Greek. It wasn't in Hebrew. You know, it was Latin and Greek. That is how most of the Bibles were actually written. You know, you know, that's how most Bibles were, Latin and Greek. So when King James, the noble king, he wrote, he had the Bible scribed. The Bibles were actually put together based off of things like in the original Bible. Like there's a Bible called the Pyrus Bible. You know, um, that Bible has all the chapters like like, you know, there's a chapter called the book of jo the book of Judas. But it's not even the original Bible and the book of Ruth. And Mary the Magdalene, there's a scripture, there's a part, there's a there's a chapter called Mary the Magdalene. Not even in the original Bible, not even in our Bible. The Bible that we read, not even in there. Don't ask why, but it's not in there. And the Bible is one-sided. If you ever read the Bible, it's all about how men are mostly in power, mostly in charge, mostly run the, the society back in those days. But didn't realize that when you look at the original Bible, it was more of an equal. Jesus walked among this earth, he had an equal. Mary the Magdalene wasn't, uh, wasn't a harlot. She wasn't a whore. She wasn't a prostitute. She was, she was his equal. She was one of the disciples. Really? 
man, that that's what that was. That is actually the crime. No, the crime of the thing was that you know in today's society, people kill. People actually kill people for um, the religious reasons. We'll go in society. Let's look at um, the let's look at the Islam. In the in the Islam under Sharia law, Muslims kill people based off of the Sharia law. The Sharia law says that they can actually stone a woman. Truly, they can actually stone a woman for whatever crime. You steal you steal something, they cut your hands off. No due process, no going to jail. Seriously. That I mean dead seriously, that is how they look at things. And that is how they do things. They follow those laws to the T. Sharia laws are, are harsh. And are very harsh. Now we look at here in the modern days of America. Do you know that in religion it is now. And when it comes to religion. Here's the corruption part about that. Do you know that churches are not. Churches are non-profit. They don't receive any. They don't get taxed. Like everyone else. It's like they run a corporate. I knew a minister. This is how corrupt this is. I knew a minister. That's why I was saying I, I, I don't talk about, I, I, was, I had to do the Bible part because it, it ties into what I'm about to tell you. I knew this minister. This minister was so shady and crooked <clears throat> that, <clears throat> that his church, he used his church to clean drug money. Seriously, he was cleaning up drug money. Yeah, they were taking drug money from drug dealers and cleaning it. Basically, what he did was he took all the all the drug dealers would take their money, give it to the minister. The minister would use it to help buy. He would use it like buying property. He would use the drug money to buy houses, to buy buildings and stuff. They um, the church supposedly owned the laundromat. They owned the liquor store. They owned the building. They had a liquor store down below and up top was an apartment. See on that. Then he ended up buying like about he ended up buying a whole bunch of houses. He started squandering on money on houses. He started buying cars. I mean, he was buying he bought everything the dope dealers told him to buy. I mean, dope dealers were telling him to buy these items, he was buying them. And they say and then he was saying, hey, buy you some jewelry. You know, here take take extra money, buy you some jewelry. Hey, get that Hey, get the church built. Remodel the church. You know, he was taking the money and he, he, he went and built him a brand new sanctuary using drug money. People were like, how's this minister making, this church ain't making that kind of money. How's he having all this property? The deacons were wondering, how's this minister? They were asking the pastor, hey, reverend. They were like, hey, pastor, good reverend. Where's all this money coming from? He said, don't worry about that. I got some investments coming in. We're just, we're doing this, we're doing some ties and investments. You know, I'm helping out, helping out some of my, my, my parishioners. My congregation is donating money to help us further our ministry. Oh, that's, oh, okay. That's all they knew. So he bought, so they bought this, they bought that. And he was like, okay. So that's what they did. So they started buying up all this property. Then one day... One of the dudes who got busted from the... One day, a dude got, one of the dope dealers got busted from the police. Police popped him. And that's when the whole thing... They told him, they said, you want to... Instead of being a normal ride or die... By the way, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something before I go any further. 
I forgot to do the I forgot to do the crime chronicles, but I'm gonna do the crime chronicle. This goes out to each and every one of you out there, especially Monica. Monica is an OG and she is part of the Crime Chronicle family. She is the OG of the Crime Chronicles. I'm gonna shout her out because she is an OG. Cause I'm gonna tell you right now, if you know Monica, pretty much you know the OG. She is original gangster. She is what you call a true OG. Meaning that if you know her. She, she says it like this. I got you. When she says, I got your back, or she says it like I say it, I got your six, meaning that she got your back, you can actually take that to the bank and cash it because she actually does have your back. There's many people that say they got your back and really don't, but Monica does. So, Monica, you are the OG of this episode, as many other episodes I might have to squeeze you in. But you are the Crime Chronicle OG. Sorry I didn't get you early in the episode, but I just had to get right into this thing because it's so deep. Because I had to go really deep in there. Now, let's get back to this. Let's get back in there. Now, like I said, dude got popped. The pa- He got popped and the cops threatened him, told him. You're going to jail. You're doing like you're doing like 40 years. What he should have said was, "Okay, let me do my time. Let me do my time." But nah, he got scared. He got scared, and he did the he did the ultimate taboo. He went and told his girl everything. He told his baby mama everything because she was asking him, "Where you getting all this money? Where you getting all this money?" Where you getting all this money? What you doing with your money? What kind of job you got? Are you working or what? And he's bringing up, are you bringing, you get paid cash? What type of job you do? And then that's when he started telling. And he literally snitched on himself to his baby mama. So what they did was the police turned around. They went to her. She turned around and snitched. Because they told her, if you don't tell us what we need to know, we're going to take your kids away. Instead of being an OG, she could have put her kids over at her family's house and could have said, I don't know nothing. But nope, she got scared. She started crying. Don't take my kids. He was giving money to the pastor at the church and they were using the money to funnel for this and this. And, this. and she was singing like a songbird. Went to him. He started singing because they threatened him because of his kids. Shouldn't have done. Well, that's what happened. Then they went to the and see they couldn't get the pastor. They couldn't get the pastor until he did a. The only way they could get the pastor was a transaction, meaning that when he hands the drug money to the pastor, that's how they can get him. But see, the pastor was one of these was one of these OG gangsters from the hood. I mean, he was a hood pastor, meaning that he knew the streets. When the young when the young cat came to came to the pastor, when a young dude came to the pastor, he came to the pastor. He was like, "Hey, pastor, here's the money." And the pastor always had a had a thing he always say. He go, "Let us pray." He go, "Oh no, nah, pastor, I don't want to pray today." He says, "Well, then we good. You have a nice one." And he walks away. Pastor, here I'm gonna give you the money. Let me give you the money. He says, "No, we good." He walked away. He always remembered that. He always does the same thing every time. He said, let us pray. And he always pray. Told him to bow his head. He lays his hands on him. And he couldn't do that. He didn't want him to lay his hands on him. So he walked away. He, he just walked away. And the cops were like, hey, what's going on? 
you know. Why isn't he getting that drug money? Why didn't he take that drug money? Well, because guy was like, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know why the pastor didn't take the drug money. I don't know why he didn't take the drug money. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. I handed it to him. He didn't want it. Well, he knew. He didn't want to get the pastor in trouble. But he had no choice because they threatened him. So, you know, pastor knew. Pastor made a phone call to all the dope. Pastor hurried up and made a text. No, he made a... Pastor made a text. He told he told every last one of them, read this scripture. He told them, read this scripture and remember, read this. He told he sent a text and said, read this scripture. That's all he said. A particular scripture. He was talking about, I have a wolf in sheep's clothing amongst the flock. He said, I have a wolf amongst my flock. And that wolf is being a wolf is being in he said I have a wolf amongst my flock and that wolf is that wolf is being caged as we speak. That's exactly that's all he said. Do you know that all those dope dealers knew that that means somebody somebody was snitching. So not to bring the not to bring the money or nothing. One day the police all walked into the church. Sat down there at the church. They said we'd like to talk to you pastor. We'd like to ask you a couple of questions. If it's all possible he says no, you can't. He said, no, we just want to ask you a few questions about, you know, a couple of your church members. He says, uh, no, you can't. And he says, well, why not? He says, because members of my church is what I talk to my members, who I talk to. And the way I talk to my members is sake is sacred. That is part of the sacred, that's part of the synchronicity of my church. I will take everything. I am like, I am like a pat, I am like a minister. I am a minister. I am also like a lawyer. What I say, what I, what, what these members say to me, it keeps it in confidentiality. Sorry. And it stays that way. And he goes, well, but you know, if I get a subpoena, go get a subpoena. He, and the, and the, and the cop goes, well, I have one right here. There you go. You have that subpoena. The subpoena is only allowed, only good enough for one thing. Show me. He read it. Okay. But it doesn't say that you can ask me any questions. It says you want to search this place. But there's two things you can search. You can search everywhere in this building but my office. It doesn't say my office and you're not allowed to go in my office. Because if you go in my office, matter of fact, let me call my attorney. So the guy calls his attorney. Pastor calls his attorney. Attorney comes in there, slaps the police department with a massive lawsuit. Oh yeah, oh the, oh the pastor was a G. Had a good attorney. Had a had a had a had a law firm representing the church. Cops could not touch that minister. They tried, but they couldn't. Even though they wanted to, they tried, but they couldn't. Minister was hardcore. That minister was hardcore. That pastor really tried. He tried and tried and tried. And tried to to do. They tried to they tried to hammer that minister, but they couldn't. And, and and the thing about it was that minister was such a good G that he 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 told he found a way he found a way to still get the dope money to clean their drug money up and and without them knowing it. What he told them to do was here's what he told them to do. He he literally explained to them what I want you to do is take your money. 
and I'm and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna le- I'm gonna least I'm gonna text you. He says he says I need you to pick someone. He told all of them, pick somebody you trust. Pick a person you trust the most in your life that you will trust your life with. He says, tell your mother to bring that bring that money to church and have her to put it in the offering plate along with a scripture that I give you. He told them all because he talked to each one of the drug dealers personally because he counseled them and they said deal. Every Sunday, the drug dealers were giving their moms, hey mom, can you give this to the pastor? Can you give the can you give my offering? Can you give my tithes and offerings to the church? Mom, you know, I don't go to church, but I still go to church. Mothers were like, sure, baby. Grandma, can you give my tithes and offerings to the pastor of the church? Yes, baby, I will do that for you. Oh, what am I giving this giving this envelope? Along with this scripture. Oh. Mm. Along with this scripture, along with this scripture, because I love reading the Bible, because, you know, this scripture right here is in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he only gave his begotten son and he whoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. See, Grandma, I read the Bible. Oh, baby, I love you. Yes, Grandma. Well, you can also give this tithes and offerings. And that's how he did it. He did that for a good 20 years. Taking those drug dealers' money. Yep. Did you know? And then here, here's a here's a fact story about that. Did you know those drug dealers turned out because that pastor helped those drug dealers clean their money up? A lot of those drug dealers, who um, one drug dealer, he actually owned he actually owned the he actually owned the laundromat. When he got done doing what he was doing, selling drugs, he went and went back. He went back to the pastor, got the laundromat, because the laundromat was in his name, but it had the church name on it. It had his name and the church name on it, and that's what it had on it. it had both of them. Oh shit! I gotta go. Oops, sorry. I didn't mean. To, I didn't mean to cuss. You know, I didn't mean to cuss. I gotta go that way. Yeah. So. Yeah, I gotta go this way. So he literally was, he literally had, um, he literally told the church, he he literally, um, the church, um, what had him in, he had the church, you know, put it in his name as well as the church's name. So while he was still selling dope, the church was making money by running it. When he got done, when he, when he decided to get out of the game of slinging drugs and stuff because he wanted to clean his life up and he had some kids, he turned around and he realized, he says, I need to clean my life. To get, I need to clean my life up. I don't want to be selling drugs all, all my life. I need to straighten up. So he did. So he straightened his life, he straightened his life up and he, he went straight and narrow. He had a business. The church helped him keep his business. He owned the laundromat. Another guy owned the apartment building. He owned the liquor store. He owned the building. And that was the liquor store and above was the lot was apartments. The guy owned it. Church was just running it for him. Yes. And he hired, he had people in there. He went in there. He remodeled it. Whenever it needed to be fixed, he fixed it. Even though he wasn't there, he was there. That's how he did things. 
Seriously. Those drug dealers cleaned their lives up later in life. But the police department could not touch them, no matter what. That one, that one young kid who snitched, oh yeah. Yeah, he went to jail. Yeah, he went to jail. Yeah, he went to jail. And while he was in jail, while he was in jail, um, he got jumped. Yeah, he got jumped while he was in jail because the two, because he snitched. And they, and they had a rule, no snitches. Snitches get stitches. He sat there and while he was in jail, he requested to go to the hole. He needed to go. He said, I want to go to admin separation. I need to go. I need to go. I need to be in isolation. Kept begging. He kept begging them. They told him, no. The warden said, you're going to general population like everybody else. He said, if I go to GP, I'm going to get killed. Not my problem. What'd you do? The warden, warden, the warden laughed and said, what'd you do, snitch? course they they read his they read his file he did snitch so not my problem he went to general population he was laying in his bed sleep in the middle of the night he was laying in his bed he was laying there asleep taking a nap in the afternoon he woke up they jumped him they beat him later on in the middle of the night he, he he ended up going to the hospital after he got after he got done from the hospital they turned around from the hospital. They literally, um, they literally put him back in his room. They forgot to shut the door. They literally came in there and they started poking him. They, they started stabbing him. They, they stabbed him over 400 times, literally. Shanked him 400 times. Yeah. Yeah, he was shanked 400 times. Yep, he was shanked 400 times. And because he was shanked 400 times, do you know what they you know what they did to him? They made a mockery of him, a mockery. And they did, they tried to and they literally tried to kill him. He did. He ended up dying in prison. Yeah, he died in prison because of his wounds. Because right after they shanked him, he turned around, they shut the door. And he laid there all night, bleed, bled to death. Moral of the story is, you don't snitch. That pastor today, he's a well-respected pastor. He's a well-respected pastor in um, Kansas City, Kansas. And not many people knew about that story. He also has a church in Missouri side too. And not many people knew about that church. There was a, there was a pastor out of Baltimore, Maryland. I'll make this one real quick. There was a pastor out of Baltimore, Maryland. He, um, one of his members won the lottery. You know, the church, the, 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 in the Bible it says how, um, how playing a lottery is like blasphemy. You know, you're not supposed to accept um, any kind of donations like that. Well, this person won the lottery and donated half the winnings to the pastor. And guess what? Pastor took it. Did the, um, did the um, pastor pay his bills or whatever? Nope. Did not do that. You know what he did? He bought him a brand new, he bought him a brand new Mercedes. Turn around also bought him another, bought him a brand new Mercedes and bought him a brand new Cadillac. Mercedes and a Cadillac Escalade. And then went and redid his house. Yep. Because he uh, redid his house because he knew he needed to upgrade his house. So he put a down payment 
on a million dollar mansion because he said I had to look good. I had to live good. God wants me to prosper. I'm a prosperous pastor. Shady pastor. Come a couple minutes later, he embezzled the church's funds. See, that's where the crime and stuff is. Crime don't pay. Got to be careful. That's how things are. Crime and punishment doesn't pay. Hey, by the way, this is J.R. Bell with I Got Your Six Podcast. I want to thank you. Yeah, this one right here was all about church and stuff. I'm not trying to be more of a preachy type of person and nothing like that. I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be preachy, but I had to throw those in there because that's what happened. And that and that right there story was an actual true story about what happened. Yeah, it was an actual true story about the pastor who was taking drug money and he was funneling it, he was cleaning it up. Even though he even though the pastor knew what he was doing was wrong, and the pastor knew that he could actually go to jail for what he was doing, but See the see the thing about that pastor. I'm gonna make see. I'm gonna tell you about the pastor. A lot of people didn't know that pastor before he became a pastor. That pastor was a, that pastor was a lawyer. He was a hood. I mean, when I say a lawyer, he was an actual lawyer. Guy went to law school. Guy went to law school. Guy worked at a law firm. Had a law practice and everything. He worked at a law firm. He worked for a law firm and everything. Was a good lawyer. One day he decided. One day he decided that he was representing someone. He decided. You know, my community can use me more than this than than this law firm. So what he did was he went back into the community. He went back to his family. He went back to his father's church. That's what it was. It was his father's church. Went back to his father's church and he ran it. His, his dad was stepping down and his dad asked him to take over because he said there was nobody else who wanted the church. Nobody in the family wanted the church. He asked his, his he asked his oldest daughter. She said no. Asked his asked his middle asked his second oldest child. He said no. Asked the asked the baby of the asked the um the the middle child. He said no. And he was the baby, and he was in law. He was at a law firm, and his dad said, "Well, I'm I'm getting old, and I'm I want to I want to just retire. I want to relax. You know, I just want to relax. I'm tired. Oh." It looks like Ramon. I just want to relax and stuff. So that's why he did what he did. And he said, and he, so his son said, well, okay, dad, I'll take over for a little bit. But, you know, I'm not really, you know, I'm not really a, you know, ministry kind of material. You know me, you know, you know, God, you know, I'm not that kind of, you know, but he, but he took it anyway. Because he wanted to honor his father. So he, 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 he took it and it made himself a little bit more personal and stuff. So he did that. And so that's what he did, okay? Yeah, he did that. Now, to tell you the reason why I I say that is because I mean, that's how he took over the church. And he took that over from his dad. And so he was a lawyer, so and he also knew though he also had a law firm. Oh yeah, I'm good. Yeah, that's right. And he had a law firm working for him because he used to work for this one law firm. That law firm represented the church. Cause he needed a law firm. This is the shady stuff that he was doing. Yep. Yeah, and, and that's the story of that one right there. I wanted to tell y'all that. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. I appreciate you for following me on crime, cr- on crime and punishment and everything. All this crime and everything that goes on. You know, crime and corruption and stuff. We're going to be dwelling. Each, each episode is going to be different. You know, corruption and stuff. The reason I did this one is because I was just... Someone had asked me, have you ever heard of this pastor being shady? Well, I, like I said, I told him, like I said, I knew about a pastor. Him and his wife got divorced. And him and his wife um, um, created this church. 
So when they went to court, they had to split the church. Literally, they had to sell off the church in order to pay. Um, they had to split everything, 50-50. She got half of the church, so they had to sell the church. And sell everything, the buildings, everything that they accumulated while they were married, they had to sell everything off. And that was talking about, and that was part of the church. And I thought you couldn't do that, but they did. And that's what happened. You know, crime and punishment. Seriously, that's how it works. But by the way, that's where, you know, where we started talking. That's what made me start thinking about that thing I remembered back when I was growing up about this pastor who was shady like that. I mean, him, he's not that shady, but everybody in the community thought that he was the shadiest pastor for taking all this drug money from these dope dealers, but didn't realize why he was doing it. I mean, a lot of these dope dealers were doing that for a reason because they were cleaning. They were actually cleaning. They were cleaning their they were they were trying to clean their image up. Even though that was doing the crack epidemic during the 80s and stuff, people realized. But a lot of those guys, when they got done, when they got done selling all that crack to all these people, they got out of the drug game. Most people, you know, either you got out. There's, two, there's three ways you get out. You walk away and don't look back. You're in jail or you dead. The ones that were with that pastor, they walked away. They all walked away from the drug game because the pastor made them. He told them. Once you accumulate a certain, once I tell you the amount of, once I tell you when to get out, you need to get out. I'm going to tell you when you need to get out. When the heat gets hot, when the heat gets hot to me, you need to get out. When it gets to the point to where I tell you to get out, you need to get out. If you don't get out, then we got to, we got to sever ties. And when I sever ties, I mean, it's the stuff that I, I accumulated for you. You will never get it back because that belongs to the church until then, because I'm not giving that to you because that's going to that's going to come back on me. So they end up doing that. Yeah. So they had the several ties and stuff. So that's the way that was. A lot of them didn't listen to the pastor and they stayed in there. They, they ended up coming up dead. A lot of them got arrested and went to jail. And they went to jail. The pastor said, if you go to jail, I, I can't help you. I'm not putting money on books. I don't I don't I don't come and visit. Cage. I'll come and visit you, but I'm not going to put money on your books. That's not how things are. It's not how my church runs. My church is not an orphanage. My church is not a my church is not a my church is not a piggy bank where I put my our church money on your thing. I use your money to buy buildings and properties for you in your name with the church's help so that you can quit when you're done when you're done selling your dope and doing what you're doing you should get out. But you decided when I tell you to get out and you decided to stay in all, all, all communal properties and stuff will go back to the church. Now we own everything. Your name gets stripped off the records and everything. Have a nice one. That's how the church was. And that's how the church did it. He did that on purpose because he wanted them to understand how the way society was. Oh, by the way, I got to go. I got to hurry up and go. I got to go pay some water bills and stuff. Hey, this is Jared Bell when I got your six podcast. Catch me up on social media. Catch me up at Kansas City Hood Sales and Yard Sales. Go, go, go to the message thing board on there and message me and say, hey. I heard you on I Got Your Six Podcast or whatever you want to say. You want to shout out, kick right there and and go right there on Twitter. You can hit me on Twitter at JR Bell or look me up at tipzip357 at gmail.com or hit me up at Marine Cookie 3381. That 3381, that is my MOS when I was in the United States Marine Corps. Ooh, bra, simplified Dallas means Latinists, always faithful to God, country, and core. By the way, I love you and each and every one of y'all who are listening. I appreciate you. We're going to keep growing. Our podcast is growing organic, and guess what? For those who riding with me, you are my OGs. To all of y'all, y'all are my OGs, especially 
The super OG is Monica. By the way, I'm out of here. Gotta go pay some water bills. Bravo 6 going dark. <laughs>